Aloha and welcome to the Murph's Place 808 for the Love of Golf podcast. I'm your host Murph. What is going on people? It's another beautiful day here in Hawaii. We have a special guest in the studio today. We have uh, Jordan Murphy aka Ash Matthews. How's it going uh, Ash? Do you want uh, Ash so or do you want Jordan? You call me by my name. That's weird if you don't. I know right? Uh, for those of you, uh, you guys have heard me talk about him before on the podcast. Uh, Jordan is my son. He's here with his girlfriend, Hannah, and they're uh, enjoying the Hawaii weather. How are you guys liking it so far? I love it every time I'm here. Yeah, this is your second visit in the last six months, man. I know, I know. Well, I mean, it's, it's hard not to come back when you find chickens as t- uh, tickets as cheap as you guys have found oh, them. Oh, I know. I have to take advantage of the opportunity. Exactly, exactly. You gotta, you gotta make it out here, get away from that Ohio weather for a mm. while. Now, I, I think right before you guys came, didn't you tell me it like snowed like the day before or a couple of days before you came, and then it was gonna be like eighty degrees the next day? Yeah, it's day. the middle of April, and we get like snow covered, like snow buildup, and then three days after that, it's eighty degrees. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so we'll get into. Uh, Obviously, it's we talk mainly about golf on this, but I know I wanted to to talk to you about uh, your music stuff that's going on, and obviously, uh, um, you provide the music for the podcast, and uh, I, I have an ad on there f- for you when you um, about your artists and, and your merch and stuff like that. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but I want to run through some of the stuff that we normally talk about on the podcast. So we'll start off with the FIA FIA, which is the tournament at Moanalua on Sundays that we have. And we play for a belt, and uh, nothing has changed. Uh, Joe P. still holds the belt, I believe. I, I, I don't want to say that for sure because I know that both of us played in the mid-pack open this past week. Uh, I missed the cut, and we'll get into that in a second. But Joe made the cut, and he played Sunday. So I don't believe he played, and I, and I didn't play because you guys came into town um, that week, Thursday, when I started the, the tournament. So... Uh, so as far as I know, Joe P still holds the belt, uh, beach boys last week, they played Pearl country club. Uh, I was out because I played a practice round at mid pack for the tournament on Monday. And, and then this week they played Royal Kenia. And obviously I didn't play again because you guys are here visiting in town. So next week is Eva beach and we'll be back or I'll be back in action at Eva beach, Hawaii state golf association tournaments. We had the mid pack open. Opening round was not so good for me. <laughs> uh, I was doing good up until the seventh hole. Well, not the seventh hole. Actually, it was my seventh hole, but it was hole number 16, the par five at mid-pack. And I hit my dri- drive left in the trees. Now, I said this on the podcast uh, last week or two weeks ago, that there's times that you just have to take your medicine, hit it back out in the fairway, and and play on. And... There was a gap in the trees. I mean, a big gap. I have. I would had. A, I would have had no problem hitting it, but it was going up the other fairway, which would have been fine because once I hit it up that other fairway, I had a clear shot to the green. I could have just hit it up over the trees to the green. But I took my own advice and tried to t- take my own medicine and punch it out. And I hit a driver. I had to keep it low because there was some low-hanging trees. So I took a driver and tried to punch it back out to my fairway, and I only hit it about 40 yards. And so I had to punch again under another. Uh, there was another tree in between the rough and or the fairway and the cart path. 
And so I had to keep it low again. I punched it up into the fairway. So, you know, I'm laying one, two, three. Now that's my third shot. So if I hit it on the green and I make the putt, I get away with a par. Uh, however, I hit a chunk shot with my chip and left it short of the green. Chipped up and rolled past the pin. And then I proceeded to two putt for a double bogey. So that didn't help my, uh, that didn't help my attitude. And I know I've talked about this on the podcast before that, you know, it's okay to get mad about a hole, but you got to let it go. And if that holds over, there's nothing you can do to change it. And I, I could, I did not take my own advice. You did not let that go. No, I didn't because I figured, you know, that was stupid of me. I should have just hit my original shot that I was going to hit, hit it up the other fairway, get up on the green and two putt for par. And I didn't do that. I, I tried to take my, take my medicine and it just made it worse. Yeah. It's one thing if you just have a bad shot and just getting over that, but it's different when you have like an option of this or that and you settle to take the one, then getting over the bad choice is different than getting over like a bad shot. Right. Yeah. And that's what, that's what really made me mad was my bad choice and being one under at that time. And then after that whole being one over because of my double bogey, uh, which still wasn't bad. I could have lived with that, but it continued to, I, I let it continue to bother me for not taking the right choice. And I just played bad and ended up shooting 85. So I knew going into Friday, I had to make the cut. And to make the cut, I figured I had to shoot 75 or better, which could have been done. I mean, those greens are really, really fast. And I know like last year, two, no, two years ago, because last year I had to withdraw after the third hole. But two years ago when I played in it, my goal was not to three putt, just two putt. Even if it was for bogey, just two putt. No three putts, no double bogeys. That was my goal. And... That year, I, I bet I had four or five three putts because the greens are really, really fast, and you don't want to be above the hole on the on that green or even on the side. You know, having a breaker left or right, it's uh, it's they are tough greens to putt. And so, I found myself above the hole a lot that day that I had three or four. But I was pretty happy. I mean, on the first day, I had a couple double bogeys, but I only had one three putt the entire day. So I was happy with that. And so I knew going into the second day that I had to shoot 75 or better to make the cut. And I did play better. Um, I didn't shoot 75. I had two three putts that day, but I had a few double bogeys and I ended up shooting 78. So 78, 85, 162, I think was the cut last year, they said. And so there was a slight chance. I was at 163. There was a slight chance that I might be able to get in. And there was probably six or seven guys still playing uh, after I came in that I still had a chance. Maybe if they, if they uh, played worse that I might be able to, to get in. And uh, I missed the cut by one, by one, by one stroke. Uh, obviously I was not happy with that because as you can attest, when I came back, that's all I kept saying. I would drop an F-bomb and say, one stroke. One, just one. Just one stroke. And I would continue to tease you about it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Just you didn't, one. Just one. Uh, but I, I can take some positives, like I said, away from the tournament. 
I only had, you know, one three putt on the first day and only two on the second. Um, I was not happy with the amount of double bogeys I had. Obviously, I don't want to have any double bogeys, but I I didn't – I struck the ball pretty well. I just, you know, caught a few bad breaks. Got behind in, in, a, in some trees a couple of times, but – and uh, I only hit into three bunkers, and I only had a problem getting out of one the entire day. The, the other two I had no problem getting out of, but uh, the one on 17 – I tried to hit it out of the bunker and I bladed the ball. I hit the ball first and it hit and skipped over the green. So then I had to chip back up on, yeah, it was not pretty. So I, that was one of the holes I took a double bogey on, but anyhow, overall, um, I was happy. I was able to take a few positive things away from the tournament, even though I did not make the cut. And it was weird because the seniors, what they did was the seniors, um, it was only a two-day total. Now, if you made the cut in the championship flight, because we were all in the championship flight also, if you made the cut, then you got to play Saturday and Sunday. But I was happy. There was, I mean, we all played from the same tees. There's pros that play in this tournament. So I was happy that I finished better than, I don't know, 15 or 18 pros and uh, some other guys, but I just didn't play well enough to make the cut. So when you when you make that, if you were to make that cut, then you play both Saturday and Sunday, or do you play Saturday and then there's another cut to play Sunday? No, you play Saturday and Sunday. You play and both then, days. And then is the is the score based on all four, or just the last two when it comes to like determining the winner of the whole thing? It's all four. Okay. Yeah. Now the two days for the senior tour, it was just two days, whatever that total was. Yeah, that you know the senior one, and and then and I think in that one I finished tenth. Okay, I finished. I was because uh, I think one guy didn't return a score, so that moved me up. I was in I was in eleventh, and then a guy didn't turn a score, and so I think I moved up to tenth place. So I'll get some points for that uh, for towards senior player of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, I would have liked to have made the cut and played Saturday and Sunday. You know, so it was a lot better than last year. Last year, I had to withdraw after the third hole of the first round. Was that when you were dealing with the hand thing? Yeah, when I yeah. broke my broke my hand. But um, So I, it was better. At least I played a practice round this year, and I got two rounds in. So the amount of money I paid, I think it was like 340 Last year, I got a hat and a towel out of it. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and two and a half holes of golf. Yeah. At least this year, I got a hat and a towel and three rounds of golf. There you go. <laughs> so somewhat paid for it. So, did you do you do the practice round the day before or the day of? No, we do it the um, the week of. So, oh, the, so, so they only have it on week. one day. It's Monday. Oh, it has to be Monday. It has to be Monday. Everybody plays on Monday. So that was good that we got that practice round in and and played. And I'm gonna uh, and I'm playing there again this weekend for the member guest tournament. So. Uh, Mid-pack's a good course. I like playing it. It's a good time. So uh, let's take a short break, and we'll be right back. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, let's get into some PGA Tour news. Uh, this past week, you had the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. Patrick Cantley and Xander Shoffley were your uh, winners that shot 29 under, and they won a uh, two-stroke victory over Sam Burns and Billy Horschel. They actually won wire to wire, meaning they they led the entire tournament. 
So congrats to uh, Patrick Cantley and Zonder Shoffley. Next up, got a new tournament, the Mexico Open at Vedanta. Vedanta. It's, it's in Mexico. So this is the first year for that tournament. And the power rankings are out. John Rahm is listed as number one to win that tournament. Number two is Gary Woodland. And number three is Kevin Na. So we'll see how those turned out. The, the power rankings have been pretty close. I think that the power rankings for the Zurich Classic, I believe that Cantley and Shoffley were in the top three, I think. I know Sam Burns and Billy Horschel were in the top three uh, for power rankings in that tournament. And they came in second place. But I thought that Patrick Cantley and Zonder Shoffley was in the power rankings for that one. So anyhow, uh, good luck to those guys. Hopefully... Uh, John Rahm's due for a win. Uh, Corn Ferry Tour, our Brent Grant watch. This week, they didn't play last week because of Easter, but this week they got the Huntsville Championship. Brent Grant is in the field this week, so hopefully he'll play well and, and get a win. We need a win. We need a win there, uh, Brent. You, you good over there, Jordan? You falling asleep? Sorry. No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, all right. Uh, so anyhow, good luck to Brent this, uh, this week, and hopefully... He'll play well and get us a win. We need a win. I think I've talked to you about Brent before. You know Brent. He used to be live here. Used to play with him. Yeah. Is uh, playing on the Corn Ferry Tour now, so we kind of keep an eye on him and mm-hmm. and watch what he's doing, and and hopefully he'll get us a win. We need a win. John was telling me about how <clears throat> about how it's kind of like surprising that you like Hawaii doesn't produce as many like elite level players as it should because the opportunity to golf year round and how many courses there are and how like the weather is always permitting and it it, you would think that there would be with more opportunity to golf that the islands would produce a lot more you know top level just Tour, tour level players, yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I, I agree with that because not only for that reason, but there's a lot of good golfers here, a lot of good junior golfers. I mean, you got – there's a guy uh, – uh, what's his name? John was just telling me today that uh, he went out and watched Joe P in the final round Sunday of uh, the Mid-Pack Open, and he was playing with a, a young kid. The kid shot 72, even par, and he was talking to his dad – because his dad was there and they live in California, but they have family here. So they come over every year and he plays in the mid pack open, but this kid's in 10th grade. What? Yeah. Yeah. He's in 10th grade. I mean, I played with, I played with a kid uh, and I talked about him on the podcast, Dane Watanabe. He played in mid pack too. I'm not sure what he ended up shooting, but when he played in the four ball, me and Joe played him they, they were in our group. We didn't specifically play just those two. Mm-hmm. But him and, and Joshua, uh, I can't remember his last name, Hayashi or something like that, They um, he shot under par himself, Dane did. And he's in like, he's a sophomore or something like that. Jeez. Uh, yeah, it's in high school. It's crazy. Yeah. These young kids, that's why I don't play that's why I don't play championship flight anymore because I cannot compete with these young getting, kids, man. Just getting what by sophomores. Yeah, and they're they're bombing the ball. They just got their freaking license. 60, 70 yards farther than me. Yeah. They hey, you're getting 
you get beat uh, by kids that can't even drive yet. They can't drive, <laughs> but they can drive better than you. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So um, I know, let's talk about you and your golf. I know that uh, when you were younger, I'd, I'd take you out and play. And you'd hit the ball a few times, and then you'd seem to get tired of it. And not really, not only you, but Ryan was also the same way. Yeah. Um, but you don't, I mean, do you play golf anymore? Have you played golf? When's the last time you played golf? Oh, it's been a long time. Well, I know you have a set of clubs because I know. I do. Not the last time, but a few times ago when I came home uh, and stayed at your place a couple of nights the, when I first got there, you had a set of golf clubs. They were. I in, have a set of clubs. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you haven't played. No. But, you know, I mean, do you like playing? Do you wish you could play more? I know you can't play a lot because you're pretty busy with yeah, not only your day job, but your, your music at, at night. So you don't really have a, a time when you can actually go play. No, but I mean, this is the way, the way I look at golf is that if you are good at it, if you are even decent at it, it's really enjoyable and it's fun and it's challenging and I get that. But if you are not good like at all like every time you hit the ball you're just like uh jesus take the wheel like this ball is going wherever you're sending it because i'm not in control of where this ball goes when that's when that's your level of playing it's not that fun you're just chasing a ball around and it's not going anywhere you want it to go not going as far as you want it to go and it's just it's just frustrating unless like you know, you're just going to drive a cart around and drink, which is not what I want to do anyway. So if I had the time and the, uh, <clears throat> the, I guess, desire to like want to get good so that I would enjoy it, I could see that happening. But like, like you said, I don't really have a lot of time and I don't really have the desire to get good to enjoy it. But like doing stuff like top golf and putt putt are fun. Yeah, I like to like golf in a mini more fun way. Yeah, <laughs> like let me just drive out into nothing and try to score points while I eat an appetizer, or let me try to put a ball into a clown's mouth. I can do those. <laughs> I'll do those. You'll do those. <laughs> okay, there's nothing wrong with that. So pretty much golf is non-existent for you right now other than putt putt and top golf yeah and even then i've done top golf twice maybe ever and i haven't done putt putt in so long is top is there a top golf around dayton where you're um at? i think there's one on the like north of cincinnati so oh, yeah. not that far from me but yeah 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 yeah. there is one in cincinnati yeah yeah well that's cool um so let's talk about your stuff that you're doing music wise i know um First off, let's explain to people, uh, obviously your name is Jordan Murphy, right. but you go by, is it your, is it, how do you, how do you classify that as an artist name, a stage name? Uh, what do you, I guess you, I mean, you could call it stage name, producer, alias, alter ego. I don't know. Which is know. Ash Matthews. Yeah. And tell everybody why your, your name is, uh, your studio name is Ash Matthews. Okay, so Matthews is simple. My middle name is Matthew. So that's just where that comes from. But Ash comes from uh, when I started getting into like recording and producing. Um, 
mm, almost 15 years ago now, a little bit less than 15 years ago. Um, I started working with this local rapper from Lima who went by Phoenix the answer, but like F E N I X the answer. And, um, so me and him, he just, we met through mutual friends and we started working on music together and we became like best friends and had like a strong bond. And he was originally from San Jose. And then I think like the year before I graduated or the year after sometime around around graduation sometime between like 2011 2012 sometime in there he moved back to San Jose to live uh, with his uncle and try to do some music stuff out there and then in 2013 he was shot and killed in like a random act of violence walking home from his job at GameStop and so that was when so that year 2013 was like a year that I just start I decided I was already in school for recording industry studies I was already working on music I was already doing this but it was like the beginning of me starting to like develop it into I, I realized I needed to like take ownership of it and make it more of a brand and make it more of a career more of a business more expand what I do and like just take it put more on my shoulders and like really own it and I wanted a name to represent that that would like be catchy and so like I said his name he went by Phoenix the answer um Justin Watkins is his real name he went by Lupe but his artist name was Phoenix the answer and so then my my mentality was that I would be the ash in which the Phoenix was born again from Okay. Kind of like an honor to him. And so Ash, and then once I knew I wanted it to be Ash, then it was like, what's, what follows it? And then I was like, Ash Matthew, uh, Ma- Ash Matthews. Oh, that sounds fire. Yeah. Let's go with that. So then I just went with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's that's cool how you came up with that. And kind of a, um, to honor his name, to his 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 uh, mark that he had on music. Yeah, he was he was truly the first if not one of the first if not the first people to like to me truly believe in my potential of what i could do with music and so i kind of do it for him yeah yeah that's cool so another thing um i remember when you were young obviously your mom and i um had you do piano lessons Mm -hmm. and so you did piano for i don't know how long seemed like maybe two or three years there was there was like two there was like two rounds because i did it when i was really young right and that was like a shorter bit of it it was like a introduction to it but i did it didn't like stick that well because i was young and you know you know how wild kids get like i want to do this i want to do that i want right. to i'm done with this all right new toy right? yeah. you know what i mean like right 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 energy. but um I I just I tell people this story about how you got involved with, with music and stuff is that I can remember picking you up one time and when I pulled down your street I see all these kids in your driveway this is when you lived on Wellesley and I see yeah. all these kids in the, in the driveway and most of them were girls 
and I pull up and you have your drum set. You bought drums. Never had a drum set. I got him as a a birthday gift for my 13th birthday, I think. Yeah, and you're out there playing Hang On Sloopy or something. Yeah, whatever. I'm like, you never had a drum lesson, though. No. And then... At that time, no. I eventually did, but at that time, no. And then... uh, I don't know. It was probably a month or two later. I pull in to get you again. And here you come walking out with an amp and a bass guitar. I'm like, what are you doing? Playing bass guitar. Now you played in bands and in school in high school, right? Yeah. And which was kind of, um, how would you classify that music? Death metal. Wait. Okay. So there was like several, cause there was, I mean the, the like, original ones that you first started yeah, playing. There was like, like the standoff, which was, uh, um, me, Sam Hall, um, I think Sh- uh, Sean Skirchok, Corey, and I think what was his name? Kinsey, Kinsey Ring. That that was the that was the standoff, and that was like uh that was like like it was screamo, but it was like southern metal influence like the riffs were like dun 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 something like that so it had like that type of style into it i just remember there was a lot of screaming yes there was there wasn't much singing no um so you played in, in in those bands and then you kind of went a little more kind of mainstream you guys there was a group you guys came and played at the at the bar um, oh, uh, the project with yeah. Max and Cody and them. Yeah, well, Max yeah. and Cody. And yeah, them. that was that was mainly just like a cover band, play some some fun, well known tunes for the people drinking, the people to have a good time and dance to and sing along with. Yeah, yeah. And that, then that was the that was the like that was the money making, having a good time band. Right. Yeah. And then um, you kind of got away from what what made you get away from playing into producing and mixing and mastering and that kind of stuff? What made you switch kind of, you kind of switch gears. I mean, yeah, you still play still instruments. Play, yeah. yeah. You still play and you play some instruments when you're making beats and, yeah. or I, I, we talked about this the other night that uh video um, you guys did the music video. See uh, money, baby energy. Yeah. Studio live performance. video. Yeah. That, was yeah. fire that stuff was fire right yeah. there that was awesome man i love that video and you guys all playing the instruments and we, and we talked about that too uh like i think i talked about this on the podcast before i asked you if you when you guys all switch and are playing different instruments do were you guys really can all of you guys play all those instruments like that i know you can play them all yeah but I can play them all. I think Vesta, who's on drums throughout the video, he can pretty much play them all. Uh, D Swove, who's playing guitar, I know he plays guitar extremely well, and he can play bass. I don't know if he really has the drum chop chops though. But see, money baby, see money baby, not play any of them. <laughs> but the way that he p- plays them in the video is hysterical. Oh, it is! It is it's hysterical. So it is. He's such a character, dude. That was he is. He's funny in that video when he's trying to play the video, yeah. the, playing the. Uh, but he's got the singing down and the rap yeah. down. And it wasn't it's not really a rap song, right? Or was it a rap song and you guys made it into a kind of a rock song? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a rap song, but like the original version 
uh, is like a guitar led um, rap song, rap with like a little bit of sing rap R and B, but mainly rap song. Um, and so we just had the idea since it was guitar driven, let's just turn up the distortion on the guitar, add live drums, replace the 808 or like the synth bass with a real bass and just rock it out. So yeah, dude, it turned out so good, man. I'm telling you, that's one of my favorite, favorite songs you guys did. And I did that. My favorite thing about it is that that's like from the, the music to the song, to the recording, to the production, to the video, to the video editing, everything is all us. Like we don't, none of that was hired anyone. Like right. I, I set up the camera for the still shots. Uh, Corey, he, he filmed the movement shots. I edited the whole video title screen, chalk, cutting it up. Everything editing was all me. Um, I recorded and mixed it. Obviously, Swove uh, played all the guitar. I played the bass. Vesta played the drums, um, and C Money killed it. And we just put it all together, and that's just all us. And that, I'm just super proud that like it's such a cool video, and we just we did it. Yeah, we yeah. Did it. You guys all, you guys all did it. You guys, Teamwork. you guys. I mean, just from the stuff that I've seen, and and the stuff that's been posted you guys have a pretty set team that yeah. can do all kinds of things yeah it's it's amazing how hold on we just let you know we did not answer the original question where this started from which was what made me get away from playing in in a production yeah you want to go back to that yeah 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 continue? no i want to i want to get back okay. into that what made you kind of switch gears so um around the time when we were talking about like the the band with Cody and Max the project that we would play at like bars and stuff and then another band I was in um that I started called My Story the End which was like another screamo band but had singing in it um definitely better than the first band that was with uh um Brett and Kenny and oh my god I can't remember dude's name I feel bad um but he played bass, but he also did our recordings when we recorded our demos. And watching him and, like, recording with him, I was so intrigued, and I wanted to be involved more, but I know that I didn't know enough to, like, cross that line. So I just, like, watched him, and, like, I was so fascinated by it. Um, also knowing that, you know, leading up to recording those demos with him, um, Brandon was his name. Um, <clears throat> leading up to recording with him, um, you know, I had always tried to like find ways to record, you know, when we would like songwrite, when we read a song, when we would just jam out or if like we wanted to show people trying to get away for it to be recorded so people could even hear it or that we could build on it or whatever. Um, and then as like, I kept trying to find better ways to do that. I also had this realization, especially playing with like Max, that like the people that I play with and make music with are just so much better than me at their instruments, but I am just so much better than them with a computer. What can I do here? What can, how can I make up for, because like Max is an insanely amazing guitarist and I can't play drums or bass nearly a third as good as I wish I could as him. It's just ridiculous. So I'm like, how can I make up for that like 
talent gap. What can I provide? What, how can I bring more value? How can I be more of an asset? And so then I started getting gear from secondhand sources like a buddy was selling an interface and someone had this and that and I could get these microphones and I could borrow this and try to like just constantly build up being able to record better and then make it sound better to where other people would want to listen to it or that we would at least enjoy it ourselves. And then it just kind of grew from there as I got better at doing that. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, I, I, I can compare that and I, and I understand what you're saying in the fact that like I play golf and I've played some really good golf and I played bad golf, but I've played some really good golf. And then people say, Oh, why don't you turn pro? And you know, I, I had one of my goals was try to qualify for the senior tour, but in the same sense that you said that people were better, you know, doing other, other instruments than you. And how could you, uh, make up for your lack of it? I am the same way that like, you have to be realistic about your game. Right. Can, have I shot in the sixties? Yeah. Can I do it consistently over four days? No, I haven't. I haven't done that consistently over four days. So you have to be kind of realistic about your talent and your skill. Um, and you have to adapt to that. Like you did, you, you decided to go a different route. Like I have, I, I know that I'm not gonna, I don't want to turn pro. I mean, I could turn pro and teach, but that's not my desire. My desire is to play and I'm not good enough to play, you know, as a pro, cause I'm not going to make any money. And there's a lot of expense. Um, when it comes to golf, there's a lot of expenses you got to do. And if you're not making money, that money's got to come from somewhere. So, so I can understand what you're saying about that, like making up for the difference between, um, and it's worked out for you though. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, you've gotten to work with a lot of, uh, um, really good artists, really good from what I can see and what I've heard. So yeah. now you deal mainly, not only because I've heard a couple, there was a girl that you, uh, did some work with that is a singer that has, has sang some, um, Jexy. No, rainbow. the, the, I think she has red hair, long red hair. I think maybe, maybe you dated her for a while. Oh, she had an album. You were on it. You guys did an album. You did a song together. <laughs> if, it's, if it's what I think you're talking about, let's not talk about it. <laughs> well, what I, what, <laughs> I'm not, we no, don't no. need to promote that. No, what, what I'm saying is, um, now you kind of deal strictly with rap and hip hop artists. Am not I, strictly, mainly. No, but mainly. mainly yeah, 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 not yeah, strictly. Yeah. No, not yeah. strictly, but, but mainly. mainly. Yeah. Because like I'm saying, like that artist, that other girl that I'm talking about, yeah. she's not rapper no. hip hop. She she sang yeah. like regular singing. Yeah. So now it's, uh, but mainly you deal with rap and hip hop. Is there a reason why that is? Um, I mean, there's a lot of contributing factors to it into you know number one that's what you know rap and hip-hop became like the leading genres in the music industry over the last like decade so it's what everybody wanted to do the same way that you know when i was a teenager there was more like rock and emo bands that were like the thing uh 
Fallout Boy, My Chemical Romance, Taking Back. That was like the big thing at that time. So everyone wanted to be in a band. But now you have, you know, Drake and Kendrick and Cole and Future and Lil and all those so people want to do that. Um, that's part of it. The other part of it is that, you know, being a hip hop or R and B um, artist is much easier these days because all you have to do is find a beat, an instrumental, and then find a way to record on it, and then you can put the song out. It's that easy. Like you don't need to get three other members that play guitar really well and this and and write a song together and then get that whole thing record. It's like the process is much easier and quicker to do that style style of music um it's very saturated right now because like i said everyone wants to do it um and then for me personally just the the path that i've found has just gone that way um and i'm not mad about it so yeah Yeah. okay um i want to talk about um that's a cool story and you posted something about it um I don't know if it was on Instagram or you posted something on social media the other day, a, a couple of weeks about it, uh, ago about it. But um, I want to talk about that in a second, but let's take another short break and we'll be right back. After releasing a song every single week last year, Corey Gossett is dropping an album that sums up everything you may have missed. Boy Meets World is available on February 4th. Until then, go listen to the new album from Sea Money Baby. Don't Forget the Baby, which includes features from Ohio's best upcoming artists, Doobie and Yellow Pain. In 2022, Smart Boy Studios is leveling up their merch game. The new store, shop.smartboystudios.com, has some new products and designs. They will be dropping new designs and items every season this year. Follow at Smart Boy Studios on social media to participate in monthly merch giveaways and visit the website to get your merch now. As always, head to www.smartboystudios.com to stay up to date on new music, new videos, new merch, and any upcoming events. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Um, so anyhow, I wanted to, uh, and I think I briefly mentioned it before in a podcast, too, when I've uh, done your ads. So tell tell us how you ended up, I mean, as a as a young kid, I always listened to rap and hip hop, obviously. And so that's what you and your brother were subjected to at a young age. Uh, outside of you subjecting us to forcing us to listen to country in the car and singing it at the top of your lungs while I'd be like, no, turn it off. <laughs> well, I had to get you well-rounded. Yeah, I understand. All music, all music. Yeah. Are you still not a country music fan? I think country music has the best harmonies in any genre no genre outside of country can match country on like harmonies which i love that but outside of that now that's about it that i got from country there's a few there's a few instruments used in country music that i really love like a lap steel i really love the sound of a lap steel um so that a few specific instruments and then the harmonies in country music. If you go back to like outlaw country, like old old country, I enjoy that. Hank Williams Jr. Yeah, I enjoy Merle Haggard stuff like that. Old old outlaw country, I can get down with that. But like the newer, the newer the, stuff, the yeah. newer the country, the more it's just 
it's just pop and rap music with a slightly different twist. Okay. Would you would you ever work with a, a country artist? Yeah. If they wanted to do a country song, would you? Yeah, I would. I would say I'm probably not the guy for that, but I would do it. Yeah, you, you could do it though. You'd be good. Yeah. But anyhow, so um, a song and the the post you. I wish I could pull it up. I don't know how I pulled it up, but if you tell me what it is, I can probably find it. Well, it was the post that you made about um, rappers' delight. Yeah, that's what I figured you were talking about. Um, I can probably find it pretty quickly. It would have been the day that the dude's album dropped, right? I believe so. Yeah. But I, I, what I want you to do is tell that story how that how that turned out and how. Well, I mean, do you remember calling me that day and saying, "I want to tell you something, but I want to wait until it happens, but I really want to tell you." Yeah. yeah. It was so hard not to tell you about that situation because, like, it it was it's. Just like the, it was just in the works for so long, and I was like, oh, I want to tell him, but I have to wait until it like makes sense to tell him. But I want to tell him so bad. Well, you tell you tell him the background on. on so the background is yeah. anyhow. When you were young, uh, that was a song that um, when I was thirteen, I bought the album, and my cousin and I, I believe it was Scotty Clayton, we stayed up all night. Well, I stayed up all night. He ended up falling asleep, but. You know, back then we didn't have uh, the computers with lyrics or anything like that, cell phones. So we played the album, and I would write down the words. And then obviously we'd have to start it over because I couldn't write that fast. And it took me all night, but I stayed up and I wrote down every word to that song when I was 13 years old. And to this day, every lyric is locked in my head. And it's 14 minutes long. It's a long song. There's a karaoke version that only lasts eight minutes. Um, but through the years we've sung that song. Um, uh, we've done it like at weddings, your brother's wedding. We did it all three of us together, uh, and stuff like that. And it ended we've, up, we've, we've done it here. We've, we've done it here we've too. Here. We did it at the hideaway. Yep. Yeah. Um, we've done a lot and you've done it, but the yeah. post that you made, um, I, w- I went to see if you can find it because I'm trying to find it. I feel like. Do I, you remember what it was on? Even if it was on like I'm Facebook, pretty, I'm pretty sure it was on Facebook. But anyhow, it turns out that. Um, oh, I found it. Okay. It's really slow. So, oh, so sorry. read read that. Sorry. <clears throat> so this is from March 25th. That was so it's like a whole month. Oh ago. man, a yeah. month ago, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the most important song in the formation of my love for rap and hip hop is Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill Gang. My dad taught me all the words to this 15 minute song as a young child and I spent my adolescence performing the song with my dad and sometimes brother at bars, family events, karaoke, etc. I've rapped the song on stage with my cover band in high school, the project with Max and Cody we're talking about. I've rapped the song at countless weddings. I've rapped it solo. I've rapped it as a trio. I've rapped it in a car. I've rapped it at random people in downtown Cleveland on the street. That had happened like earlier that week. We were in Cleveland. (laughs) And this dude was just like, you know how people on the street in downtown cities just start like yapping at you? Yeah. And I don't know what was said, but I was, something was said about rap or whatever. So I just started 
I just, to shut him up, I just started rapping Rapper's Delight until he shut up and walked away. Anyway, uh, I've rapped it to impress. I've rapped it to prove a point. I've rapped it to myself. I've rapped it more than I've rapped or sang or spoke any other song. Last year, through networking, I met Lil G, the son of Master G, who is a member of the Sugar Hill Gang. We did a song together, and today he dropped his album with our song as the intro song to that album. This probably isn't a big deal to you, but it means a ton to me. My hip-hop depths have come full circle. So yeah. Just the idea just... that you introduced me to this song and this group and this genre and this whole style, and that song became a very important part of our father-son relationship. And then to 20 years later, the son of a member of that group I link up with and me and him make music together and it just like everything came full circle. I know it, when insane. you told me that story man I was like that is that's unbelievable that's unbelievable for one thing but it's so freaking awesome that that happened that way yeah that and did you tell him did you tell him about how I, I don't I still think I don't I don't think I've told him about oh, how man. important it is that is crazy like just the that that would it'd be interesting to see what he thought of that. He would have to think that was pretty cool too. Yeah. Not that his dad didn't know me. It's not like yeah. we're not known. Yeah, but it was just cool that you got introduced to the song, and then end up working with him and and being. I think he used your beat, right? You provided the beat for him for the the song. Yeah, yeah. I made the beat and I uh, mixed and mastered it for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he gives a shout out to you. He said, you know, yeah. something about Ash Matthews too. That's that's pretty Ash cool. Ash Matthews on the beat. Yeah, what? yeah, it's that's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. Um, and since I mixed it, he since I mixed it, he had sent me the vocals like isolated for me to mix it, and so I pulled that out, and now I have that as a beat tag. Sometimes, oh, nice that I made. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That is cool. Um, so. How are things going? I know, and I and I'm always pushing it. After I play your ad, usually on a podcast, I tell everybody, "Hey, go visit his store, check out his merch. You got some pretty, pretty dope stuff. I mean, you got a bomber jacket that's new, and you got a, a special deal going with it right now, where you get some uh, exclusive content or invites for stuff or releases, early releases of of stuff." Um, how's that stuff going? Is your merch store doing pretty good? Yeah, we. Uh, I decided to try to like now that the the brand the team is getting more recognition all around like all of our artists all of our producers are getting you know bigger placements better opportunities growing their name it's building the whole brand up so this year i decided to start taking merch a little bit more seriously and with more of a strategy so like um every quarter like every season i have like um items new items planned for every season and so i just dropped the um like the spring line which was basically like track suits and um a couple different like jacket styles and stuff when the summer comes i have a new uh line of um like t-shirts and like a woman's crop top and shorts and a bucket hat and stuff like that so there every every three months there will be a whole new load of new stuff um and then we also just dropped 
the collab merch with um, C Money Baby for his album. Um, so yeah, we've just I'm trying to take merch more seriously, promote it more, give more interesting items, stuff that people will want to wear, and not just like oh here's a shirt with our logo on it, but like something that looks a little bit more like you would want to wear even if you didn't you know know what it was right yeah and what so and you're saying your logo and your logo is the octopus yeah and what why is that the logo how did you come up with that and, I, and it's cool that it has uh headphones on yeah, yeah yeah so i um the the octopus is an insanely uh, incredible creature and the the way that i like became fascinated about it was again like 15 years ago i was you know hanging around bluffton and there was this dude named james that me and cody would hang out with and he was like a real big hippie dude like i'm talking we would sit outside the coffee shop and play guitar like that's what we did for fun like just hippie shit um sorry um and then one day we were just chilling talking and james was like i have this theory that octopuses are from a different universe that they came through a wormhole because they're just so unlike any other creature and so like that made me start like looking into like how are they different why are they different and i just found out how like crazy and unique they are as a species of animal and how smart they are and basically to wrap everything i've learned up that octopuses are by the way that's the correct plural because it's it's not octopi it's not octopi because i may have this backwards but ending a plural with an i is for words that are of latin origin but octopus is greek origin and the greek pluralization is es octopuses learn something yes. new every day yes so see anyway. that people see that people listen to the podcast you're gonna learn something new every day even even maybe useless as hell but whatever <laughs> anyway so every, everything that i've learned about the octopus is that there are three words that you can use to describe an octopus they're creative they're intelligent and they're adaptable and i think that those three traits are character traits that are admirable and desirable to have and you know be known for so that was like the reason i wanted the octopus to be the logo and then i had this girl that i went to school with draw up make up the logo for me and i just told her i want an octopus i want it to be gold and i want it to have headphones on it and boom she put it together and yeah it's been the it's logo sweet. ever since yeah for it's a good logo uh five years five okay years now. so now the obvious question the name of the studio, your studio, you have your own studio. Mm -hmm. You also work at another studio, but you still work in there, right? Yeah. So, uh, my, and that's, my studio basically works out of that studio. Yeah. I can you still have your I home can, studio, yeah, right? Yeah, I still have the home studio. Yeah. Okay, but their studio name is Smart Boy Studios. Where'd you yeah. come up with the name Smart Boy Studios? So, when I was in high school, uh, <clears throat> we would run around doing hoodlum stuff and, you know, getting ourselves in the situations and i was always the one to be like guys i don't think we should be doing this <laughs> hey 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 maybe let's not chase this car i don't i don't think maybe we need to be chasing this car guys and they'd be like 
<laughs> so they called me smart boy because I was always the one that was making, you know, the smarter decisions and I had, you know, more going for me and they would be like they would be like just trust me if anything happens you and you stay you stay right here you don't move we'll handle it you're not going to get in trouble and, and like, your dad okay. was a cop yeah. so you also had to keep yeah. that in mind yeah see so i would just i would just be like i was always the one that's like hey this isn't a great idea <laughs> see now i i thought you came up with the name because this is the first time that we've really talked about how you yeah. came up with the name smart boy studios but i thought you came up with it because when you were young you were very smart um i'm not now okay no you are but i'm saying when you were young yeah your mom and i both told you that you were smart you were you're very intelligent i can remember uh side note i remember and i don't remember if you remember this because you were only three or four you weren't even in school yet uh but we took Ryan to football practice at West school and when he was playing midget football and you were sitting in the car, you had a book and a pad and a pen and we're sitting in the car and another friend of mine walked up, Mark, and he's like, Hey, what's going on guys? Not much. And then he asked you, I don't know if you remember this, but he asked you, Jordan, what are you doing? And you're over there writing. I don't know how legible it was, but you're writing and you have the book open and you said i'm doing a book report and you weren't even in school yet so i mean you are a smart kid i mean there's no doubt about it's it it's funny i don't i don't know like the exact instance that you're talking about but i do remember writing like book reports for fun i would like have like books about like science things are about people i remember having a book of like biographies of people and so i would like read a biography about someone and then like make my own report about who that person was yeah that's what you were doing yeah, that's what i, I would think do it was fun. abraham lincoln that was it very mm -hmm. much if it was that's the one that i definitely remember doing it was abraham lincoln is the one you were doing in the car so yeah i mean and you were and i'll give credit where credit is due you were smart because of your mom not me <laughs> not me <laughs> not that i'm not smart i'm just a different smart yeah, different different kind of smart. i'm not a book smart not a book report smart. yeah not, not a, a book, book report, report smart for guy fun. yeah for fun guy but um no but uh, so i thought a matter of fact we had to we had to temper your um because we were getting reports from the school your teachers saying hey jordan's in here telling kids he's smarter than them and stuff like that <laughs> And I don't know if you remember me telling you, I'm like, Jordan, you cannot do that. You do not say that to other people. You are smart, but you don't say that to other people. You don't well, tell them look, you're smarter than them. Maybe I was like, well, I'm not, you told me not to call people dumb, but they're being dumb. So how can I tell them they're dumb <laughs> without telling them that they're dumb? I'll just tell them that I'm smarter. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. so anyhow, that's how, that's what I, that's what I uh, thought how you came up with the name I for mean, the that's, studio that's i'm that is part of it you know what i mean like the the fact that i went to college and got two degrees like it's always been a part of you know who i feel like i am it's something that i value intelligence is something that i value right so i mean it is part of it but like the idea like just the name like smart boy comes from 
specifically one person that always called me smart boy. Yeah. And then when I was trying to think of like a thing, I was like, what feels like, because at the time I didn't know it was going to grow into what it is now. I thought it was going to be like a one man show. Excuse me. A one man show type thing. But I mean, now we've got a team and it's a little bit different, but when I named it, I thought it was going to be like a one man show type thing and it felt appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good name and and an appropriate name. And like you said, the octopus is the perfect logo for it. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, you even uh, that was one thing I, I don't remember if you if you remember, but when you started going through um, becoming who you are, I mean, you got snake bites in your face, you mm-hmm. got nose ring, you mm-hmm. got gauges. They look bigger than what I last saw you enough tattoos Mm -hmm. but even when you were young and you were getting that stuff people were like why that's asking me why would you let him do that and i'm like number one he's smart enough to know that you know when you do stuff like that to yourself and i and i even told you i'm like just remember people are going to judge you based when they first look at you and if you have all that stuff some people yeah do not like that or think differently about about people that you could be the smartest person and, and you are one of the smartest people but people don't see that people don't know that about you they see that and they think that maybe you're not that smart um and you've always been good about it matter of fact you don't even have your snake bites in i don't, I don't even remember the last time i saw you wear a snake no bite. those i took those out um before i turned 21 i know that but i remember like i was in school and i'd be like i would hang out with someone for like two hours or I even I could have known them for weeks or months and something would get brought up and I'd be like oh yeah like I remember when I got these snake bites I was in Miami like we'll turn about Miami and I'll be like oh yeah I got these in Miami and they're like oh I did not even realize that you had them like people that I've known for months like it just like goes away and they forget that it's even there so like that was part of like I felt like they weren't causing an issue with like an image issue, but then also like they're not adding anything if they're not noticeable. You know what I mean? Yeah. It became like yeah. a, it, if you were just like, even, they're not even just, noticing. Why am I wearing? Yeah. Them? Yeah. That, that, yeah. that was definitely part of why I took them out. Then it was just also like, I've had these for so long. I'm, I'm over this phase of what I look like. So yeah. let's take those out. And, and not only that, but, um, you know, when people would ask me that, I would like, I let him do it because he's a good kid. Never been in any trouble with the police. He's, he doesn't do drugs. He doesn't, he, he's a straight A student, honor roll student. I mean, it doesn't affect, you know, if it would be different if it was the other way around, but it's not. Yeah. Um, but you were doing it because that's, I mean, obviously that's what, music the music industry almost you know all the artists have yeah tattoos and piercings yeah. and stuff like that so uh, you know it never bothered me i just wanted you to make sure i wanted you to keep in mind that you know other people are going to yeah. look at you and, and judge you based on how you look yeah i've always even like, though that's not right they're gonna there's still yeah. people to do that i mean even i mean at the end of the day i'm always gonna do what i want to do but i always take that stuff i've always taking that stuff into consideration like i didn't have a tattoo that went like below like a sleeve line really much at all until 
Um, I had worked at the company I was working for for, I don't know, maybe two years or so. And I talked to my HR lady and I was like, if I got a tattoo that came down to here, is that going to be a problem? And like, I had that whole conversation with her and was basically like, no, as long as you this and that and da 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 and know if this happens and maybe you want to wear long sleeves at this type of meeting and whatever. I was like, okay, cool. And then we just started going. But even then, I don't have hand tats. Yeah, you, you don't, I don't have, have hand tats. tats. I don't have neck tats. You don't tats. have neck tats. You don't, don't have, have face tats. tats. I'm surprised, yeah, to be I'm honest surprised. with you. I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised that I've you do not. It. I've thought about it. it that you not do there not. Yet. Yeah. Um, Maybe someday, not yet. Yeah. We'll see. And um, so, yeah, no, I, I mean, it's never been an issue. Uh, you know my issue. The only issue I have with any of the stuff you do is your ears. Do not. I told you they better not get any bigger gauges than what you have. They're small. That's fine. They've been the same size for 14 years. Well, they look bigger every time I see you. That's how I know you're getting old. That's true. That is true. (laughs) I am getting old. Uh, So um, the music so let's talk about your other job though i mean obviously like you said you went to college and got a dual dual uh dual uh degree in engineering and computer sciences yeah computer engineering and computer science okay and then your minor was in music recording production uh recording industry studies same thing same thing okay so what about the engineering stuff i know you're working for a company now Mm -hmm. and you're doing software for you still doing for uh, security and GPS stuff? Yeah, yeah. For the, uh, it's with a defense contractor who contracts out work from uh, the part the Department of Defense, uh, mainly Air Force, but yeah. And so I know you've mentioned, and I've seen some stuff you posted that you may be quitting your day job. And working strictly on the music stuff. The goal slash plan. I don't know if I can truly call it a plan, but the idea, the hope, the goal. What I'm working towards is to leave the day job to do music full time in about nine months from now. And logistically, you've got this all figured out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, part of it is that, like, right now, like, even before I came here, I'm booking sessions for late June. I've been, this entire year and the end of last year, I mean, since, you know, a year ago, I was booking a month, almost two months out, but for the last six months, maybe more, I'm booking two and a half, almost three months out, because I can only you know, do sessions at certain times and I'm not trying to like, I have sessions 28 out of 31 days a month. Like I'm not, but the thing is I can only do, you know, Monday through Friday, I can only do one session at like 7 PM, seven to midnight at the latest. So I can only do like one session a day, Monday through Friday. And then on the weekends I'll do sessions. I'll be in the studio for, 10 14 16 upwards 17 hours a day during the weekends um and then every once in a while i'll take a weekend off to like 
not burn myself out but even taking on as many sessions as i can without burning myself out i'm still booking three months three months out from now so when it comes time to be able to do music full-time that gets pushed back and all those people i can take during the day or you know later at night because a lot of people you know they're rappers well man. artists they're, they're artists and they're rappers man they they're down to do a 1 a.m to 6 a.m session if i could yeah you know and so, you can't because you got to get up in the morning uh, to go exactly, to your day job exactly so i know that the i mean just studio work i know that that's there i know that that's not going to be a problem um but between i have like like uh not goals but kind of like thresholds of like beats and merch that I need to sell on top of studio time to kind of like give the you know more uh comfort budget wise right um because like I like I've talked about the team like I the team the label the the smart boy studios the company we have artists and producers as part of the team and part of my responsibility is also fostering those careers and music that's made with them so like it's also about being able to provide for my team as well through music because like right now all the money that comes in all the revenue that smart boy studios makes goes right back into smart boy studios every penny goes back into new merch or new gear like i just got a, I just got a new microphone a couple months ago it's awesome um stuff I get studio time because like you were talking about earlier the studio that uh, I work out of raised the bar sound and management in Dayton Ohio smart boy studios is like an independent contractor there so like I work through them but under their name but I have my own rapport build with a lot of my clients um and collaborators I don't always like to call artists that I work with clients because that feels weird I like to call them collaborators because I'm coll- I'm working on the music with them. I'm not just there to push buttons for them. Right. Um, but uh, so yeah. So I still pay for our studio time because you know they are allowing yeah. me to even do it. You know yeah, because I mean? you're using their equipment. Using you're using their, their, building, their building, their electricity, yeah. everything. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I forget where this question started, but uh, it started with. Um, Oh, going full-time. With going yeah, full-time yeah, yeah, with yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, so there's just... I'm just finding more ways to... For me and for the team to build uh, lanes of revenue to make that happen. Yeah. Well, it sounds like that you're uh, you're on a good path working your way towards that. And hopefully... Um, I know... I, I asked you about this the other night, though, but um, I asked you... I know one of your beats was played in Barcelona, Spain, and a nightclub there. And I'd ask you, how did how did that even get there? Because I know, you know, you sent it out and said, "Oh, our, our my beat was played in in Spain." Yeah. And they have a video in the club showing yeah. that is playing it. But you said one of your buddy's dads. Uh, yeah. So like, I mean that that song is now. Ooh, that that's song, been a long time ago. That song's got to be six or seven years old. Uh, made that with uh, JV Tree and it was on top of my beat and then something to do with his dad and people that his dad knows or 
his dad went there. I don't remember the details. I just know that JV Tree's dad had some connection to where it was played in some nightclub in Barcelona. Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, um, let's wrap this up. Hey, let give a shout out to all your name your artists okay, that you yeah. got working on yeah, the let's, team. Let's run down. Yeah. Okay. First of all, let's start with let's start with the producers. We got D Swove. D Swove is an amazing guitarist. He's an amazing producer in all sense of the word he knows how to make a song he knows how to make it interesting the way that he blends genres and styles and just makes you go what the hell like you listen to something that he makes and your mind just gets blown sometimes with the stuff that he does uh you got vesta vesta the only vesta may be the only other person i know that has a work ethic that could rival mine this dude is always working he's always trying to find new people to work with he's always pushing himself to make different types of music and collaborate with people online offline in this studio that studio with the team people we don't know people we do know dude is just out here to make music and make a name for himself um we got we got uh uh dicasso dicasso is panda gang panda gang panda gang casso uh, by the way, yeah, uh, uh, Vesta is Prod Vesta on social media. Deswove is Deswove on social media. Dicasso is Panda Gang Casso on social media. Dicasso is the original artist on the team. He was the first artist. He was the first person outside of myself to be on the team. Me and Casso have been making music together since 2013. Uh, that's my dude. Go check him out. He had... Uh, He's dropped a couple projects in the last couple years. Suburban King, uh, The Story of Westerly Drive is an amazing album that you should listen to. And then he dropped another project recently called Scars and Acoustics, which is more R&B singing, love song type stuff. Um, and then we got Corey Gossett. Corey Gossett is Kid Who Came Back on all social media. And last year, Corey dropped a song every single week. For the entire year, that was amazing. That was crazy. It was, and and challenge. they weren't like, I mean, the songs that he dropped, it, they weren't like garbage. No, they, they weren't were, like just. There's no misses. They're all, oh, dude. Oh, they're all great. And that song that you guys and he came out with you in October when you guys came yeah. out, and you guys, I'm still waiting on that music I know. video. It's still in the works, we're dude. That that song Moana, that yeah. that's a good song. Yeah, we you filmed. Guys, we filmed for Moana. We filmed a little bit for Lucid. And there's like there's a couple of videos that will be coming out shortly. I don't know exactly when. I know that we ha he has another single he's dropping soon. Um, but yeah, he he dropped a lot of music last year. A few videos. We're still working on videos for those songs as well as new music. Um, he's been working towards developing his sound. Um, him and Deeswove have been working a lot together trying to create a new sound that kind of has more energy but still uh maintains the roots of Corey's music um so that's been incredible uh like i, I forgot to mention that caso Dicasso um is also working on a follow-up to suburban king right now and again some of his best music he's ever made it's everyone yeah, that's, that's heard, a great album dude everyone that's heard the songs for this next album have just all been like bro bro 
Like, it's insane. So, I'm excited for that. To, we only have a couple more things left to do before we start finishing that up. Um, Corey's still just working on new music, working on sounds. And then See Money Baby. My guy, See Money Baby. Don't forget the baby. We <laughs> dropped the album, Don't Forget the Baby, a couple months ago. A few mo- That was earlier. That was in January, I think. Um, that album is incredible. And then we just dropped... Uh, Smart Boy Dumber Decisions which is the follow up to last year's Smart Boy Dumb Decisions um, which is basically these two albums are completely produced in house by the team um, and it's just like we're just having fun with it um, that album Dumber Decisions also dropped with a merch line that I talked about earlier and again me and him are literally always working on new music i never know where it's gonna go we have a lot of things we've talked about but right now go listen to that album um he has a couple new music videos out and more music videos will come uh and that is see money baby everywhere on social media you'll find him it's easy you can google him he's there what i like is he got the ohio state buckeye logo in his on his face. On his for face. One. He has the Ohio has State the, logo. He has the O. On his face. Yeah. He's hard to miss. Yeah. And he's, and he's got it in his music and his... Uh, yeah, he reps Ohio name. State big time. Yeah, he reps I love Ohio that. State I love that about that guy. Yeah. All right. Well, um, give everybody the website for um, your merch. Yeah, if you go to... I mean, if you just go to smartboystudios.com, you'll see all of you know the latest stuff that we've been releasing and working on new videos new music new songs i've produced for people outside the team and swove invest have been producing new uh new albums new singles new videos from the team um up in the top right you can go to the shop or you can just go to shop.smartboystudios.com and that will be the merch store um, you can find the Dumber Decisions merch, which is the merch that we did with C Money Baby. You can look at the new spring line. The summer line will be coming in a couple months, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, and then there's also, if you are, you know, a rapper or a singer or anything and you're looking for some instrumentals, there are links to all of our beat stores on there and all of our social media. If you want to chat with anyone, tell us what you're looking for. We can make it for you. Um, yeah, that's about it. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for uh, joining me on the podcast today. Thank you guys for listening to the show and supporting the podcast. Uh, thank you to my supporters. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to anchor or it may have it on the other, uh, um, listening platforms. Also, there's a spot there where you could click on and help support the podcast and help me continue to bring content to you guys. I really appreciate your guys time listening. Um, Hope you guys are staying safe. Hopefully you guys are starting to play some golf. I know on the mainland and the northern states, some of those guys, the weather's starting to break. You guys had snow and then 80-degree weather. The courses might be a little wet, but hopefully you're getting out there and playing some golf. And if you are playing golf, hit them straight, hit them long, but don't hit them very often. Aloha, everybody. Aloha.